Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, we are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy Friday to come and hang out with me um, here at the Durham Bottling Co. here in Durham, um, just to kind of talk about your journey and kind of for people, especially female entrepreneurs who are listening and watching this now to kind of glean from your experience in starting your own business. So thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you. So for people watching, listening, this is Faith Bynum of Faith Bynum CPA. Uh, PC, CPPC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let yeah. me get all the... Absolutely. <laughs> that counts. That stands for something. <laughs> so, but you did not start out just fresh out of college on mm-hmm. your own. So can you tell me a little bit about how you went from specifically going to an HBCU yeah. um, and then having that support kind of carry you even through now into starting your own venture? I sure will. So going to NCCU was huge for me because that was the foundation that taught me the essence of networking before social networking became a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I had very supportive uh, professors and administration that I would network with outside of class. Mm -hmm. And so um, through those relationships allowed for me to, and then people that who were connected to NCCU actually, um, hooked me up with like my first job basically I was an accounting major and I was looking to get into public accounting because I thought that that was the way that you needed to go everyone wanted to either work for PricewaterhouseCoopers Ernst and Young and the like and um, I was applying and you know wouldn't even get the interviews because I did not have uh, the extensive internship experience that they were looking for and so um, a gentleman by the name of uh, Greg Allen Harris actually was like hey you know one of your sorority sisters is um, 
the CFO at this nonprofit in Raleigh. So okay. you may want to look out and, and I'll connect you all, the two of you, because uh, she's looking for a staff accountant. And so um, one thing led to another. I was able to get the job and actually secure it two months before my graduation day. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, so, and, and so with that, I, I started and uh, the name of the um, nonprofit was the North Carolina Community Development Initiative, mm-hmm. the initiative for short. And that was truly a, a stomping ground that allowed for me to cultivate leadership and, and not only learn the technical side of accounting and, and taxes. It was a nonprofit, so it was the nonprofit sector, but the leadership there they really allowed for me to um, hone in on some of the natural things. So I, I, I liked people and my supervisor, Angela Poole, she would send me to go speak to the bankers or she would um, send me to talk to our insurance reps and the like. And she would put me in front of the board of directors and give board of directors presentations early. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> not knowing what was happening at that time, th- there was a, a showmanship that was, I think, forming um, to lead into leadership. Mm-hmm. And then about uh, eight years um, into my job, I passed the CPA exam. And immediately, once I put it on Facebook, you know, Facebook works. <laughs> put it on Facebook. And everyone is like, oh my gosh, you know, so happy you're a CPA okay can't do my taxes yeah can't do my books and all of that and so I I passed a CPA exam in September and I filled out my articles of incorporation three months later okay and Faith Mining CPA PC was born in December of 2012 okay and I did that part-time on the side for about two years mm-hmm. and then I was laid off and I went into my uh, full-time entrepreneurship journey in January of 2015. Okay. I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, you're the second CPA that's been laid off on this show and has stepped into her greater. I just want to say that. I just want to say that. Bonus points for anybody who remembers the first, but she makes some very delicious treats out in Raleigh also. Hey, so, I love it. Secondly, you didn't leave that job empty-handed because Angela, shout out to the goat name, first yeah. of all. She put you in position to not only know how to do taxes, not only how to be an accountant, but how to be a leader. Absolutely. And so that is very important when it comes to understanding that when you are building something, you're building something, hopefully, that is bigger than you. And you're going to need people that are there with you for that journey. And myself, other people have struggled with hiring and building that team. But so much of that is learning about yourself as a leader, learning about your communication style, learning about how to have difficult conversations, just all of the things. It's It's all of the things that school doesn't necessarily teach you? No. You no, know? <laughs> I didn't know any of this. No. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it, that is true. That is true. And um, I had someone that asked me not too long ago, and they were just like, you know, what, what has kept you in the fold? I was like, being authentic. Yeah. You know, I, I, and and learning all of the attributes that. 
that makes up a leader um, and finding out my own leadership style and being true to that, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I tried to emulate some of the other leaders that I I admired, Mm -hmm. that's their leadership style and that's, that's their comfort zone and their secret sauce to making things work. But if I tried the exact same thing, it may not work as well. And so I was very... Uh, keen and I'm thankful, just so thankful to Angel Paul um, and and countless others, a few others who uh, supported that. Yeah. Um, so I've recently have been uh, watching and listening to Cornell West uh, Masterclass, mm-hmm. and I definitely can say that I'm influenced a lot by his teaching as he talks about compassion, as he talks about love, mm-hmm. um, and how those relate to just like. I, I would say give me the language to express right. things that I've always kind of acted on but not thought about. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, you know, being a business owner, being all that I am as a person, you know, what I think about a lot is like putting yourself in position. Yes. And how you essentially, even though like, you know, maybe being laid off is unexpected, but you put yourself in a position to be prepared for that. Right. You didn't think about getting your LLC You know, after that. That's right. right? That is correct. Yes, (laughs) that is correct. And so you thought about, you know, like, okay, I could do this thing where I go and apply for another job. Yes. I could go ahead and say, okay, I'm ready for this. Yeah. uh, Because I've been working for this. I've been Mm -hmm. working in this industry for a while. I know I know what I'm capable of and I know that I'm willing to try. Yeah, I I did. I will say um, I did grieve for about three months because. Um, that was a relationship. I was on the job for 10 and a half years and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a job that I hated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I really did. But in that, in that grieving, I remember, um, I was laid off and, and again, I, I have, I was blessed to have a great support system. And so one of my mentors, he said, listen, there's a controllership position that's open down in Rocky Mount. <laughs> Basically you can walk into it. Yeah. You'll be hired tomorrow kind of thing. And I remember driving down there. And, you know, because at the time when I was laid off, I was a single mom, Mm. you know, so not only dealing with leaving something that is really all that I knew from a professional standpoint, but you mean to tell me I have a mortgage and I have a child, Mm. you know, so when when we're talking about stepping out on faith and leaping, that wasn't easy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I remember driving down there and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can, I cannot do this. Now I may be broke for a little bit, but I cannot do this. And I remember my dad saying, faith, you did not get your CPA license just to sit on it. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll do do what I need to do. That's funny. So you had that epiphany moment, had that like, you know, I know I have responsibilities, Yeah. but me going back into another job is just not it mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not have a mortgage. I do not have kids, but I can only imagine that pressure. That's like, it this real. ain't even about me. It was real. <laughs> it was real. It, it was, it was, uh, it, it was a time. It was a time. And, and I think, 
And, and, and regardless, I mean, every, everyone, regardless of the situation, we all have our uh, fears and anxieties, right? right? You yeah. know, in, in whatever form it shows up in. And, um, and as long as we're human, we're going to go through those thoughts. Yeah. And I definitely had them. I had them to the highest degree. <laughs> but, you know, but at some point, you kind of have to make a choice, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. and, and I chose to finally bet on myself. Mm, that's a good term, bet on yourself. Yeah. Because as an accountant, I don't know if you would tell other people that, like, mm, you can go gamble this weekend, that's fine. <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> well, b- betting on yourself doesn't mean being careless. Correct. Yeah, I, I think that uh, b- bet on yourself um, with with caution, bet on yourself Betting on yourself is taking that assessment of what you essentially need. Um, what can you go without for a little while in order to achieve um, this thing, the unknown? So whatever your ratio is or whatever your calculation of the unknown is, um, we, we all have to figure that out for ourselves. So that's what I advise people when, when I do talk to them one-on-one. Yeah, Um and when it comes to, let's just talk for a second about you being, um, and I know you're going to roast me to the high of the reason this term, but a mompreneur or, I know, I know. I know. No, I'm not going to roast you this time. This time. Wait till the cameras go off, y'all. I swear. But it's okay. I, I, I want to. But I think now we're filming this in March. This episode will come out when it comes out. Right. But, you know, there's definitely this talk of really... I think getting to the nitty gritty of identity as people, right? Um, In time of Women's History Month and that sort of thing, you know, it's one thing to talk about, you know, equal pay, but equal pay for a white woman, a black woman, an Asian woman, and a Latina woman Mm -hmm. are four completely different things, right? All the way. And so then you also add on other co-factors. Let's say um, a black woman with no college degree, Mm -hmm. a black woman who's a single mother, a Latina woman who Mm -hmm. doesn't speak English, right? So you start adding in all these other factors that affect your economic financial mobility in this country, and then it starts to get a little dicey. Um, So can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, your experience in just running a business and being a mother? Because that is one of your considerations when you were like, okay, if I'm going to do this, Mm -hmm. my child needs to eat. So that cannot be a sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. She needs to have a I can eat beans, but I want her to at least have beans and rice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There, there, there's a lot of places that I really can go with that because um, I think a part of of my leadership style is empathy um, and, and 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 the ability to be able to to connect. One of the things that um, I I preach a lot is, you know, the next generation is looking at the decisions that we're making, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I see a lot of people, um, and and since we're talking about women and and quote unquote moms, um, even moms without children exist, right? Because they're in the community Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're, they're spending time and and they've maybe not legally adopted, but have adopted children, Mm -hmm. um, to, to guide. Right. And so, um, when, when it comes to that, I have always have had a place in my heart 
in, in trying to strengthen the disparity that exists with women and, and, and children and trying to make it, right? And one of the things that I, I've always said was Faith Bottom CPPC is not just a, a, a CPA firm or um, where we're doing accounting taxes, business services and consulting. It's definitely a place where there is a level of nurturing that's there. There is a level of um, empowerment that's there. I want for people to leave a little better than how they first came in. Mm. That's very important to me. And creating a culture that, because I, I'm telling you, my staff, they give a thousand percent. They come in early, they stay late. I don't ask them to. If anything, I'm like, um, <laughs> I know it's kind of time to go, right? Um, if you have children, hey, listen, I understand you're going to have to pick them up and take them. Let's just talk about what your modified schedule is going to be, yeah. right? Um, because I had that support. Angela Poole ensured that before I was married and I was a single mom that, hey, I need to get out. <laughs> I got to go pick up Madison because her elementary school gets out at 345. I can pull in on two wheels at 405 at the latest, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I would go and, and, and pick her up and then come back to the office. And they loved her. And my daughter, she would be from office to office to office and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, coloring and stuff like that. And I have adopted that same philosophy. So if you have children, you know, hey, sometimes if it's a teacher work day, they may have to come. Yeah. They may have to come. But it's all good because that is what breeds at least success and confidence. You don't feel, you, I don't feel that women with children should have to uh, feel like they have to choose one over the other. I do feel that you can balance both. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, you said this term, women without children. So women who have taken up children in the village or in the mm -hmm. community to nurture and to mentor and to grow with. Uh, talk to me about North Carolina Central. I think there, I did not go to an HBCU, right. let me just say that, but um, I grew up around that culture as somebody who comes from Columbus, Phoenix City area. Mm -hmm. We had three classics a year, so I always got that, right. like, you know, right. and then Tuskegee University wasn't too far, so I went to Tuskegee every so often. Right. Um, I went to, when I lived in Birmingham, we had, like, the Magic City Classic, you know, Miles yes. Street. So I'm, yes. I'm familiar. I'm yes. familiar. I did everything Absolutely. but go. <laughs> I did everything but go, okay? Let's just, let's just say that. If you know about the classics, <laughs> you know it. Absolutely. You know, I applied. I did everything but go. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think there, you know, a general consensus that I've seen from people who have graduated from HBCUs is the sense of pride, not just because you went to an HBCU, but because you developed a relationship with the staff and with the other students that you probably, let's just be real, most likely would mm -hmm. not have had at mm -hmm. a PWI. You know, right. there's definitely, especially yeah. now, especially in the time of where people obviously are just tired of pretending like their employees care about them. That is correct. <laughs> but, that is correct. Um, yeah. You know, there, we're in a time where, you know, people of color professors are like, 
I'm out. Yeah. So even yeah. the ones that were there at PWIs are, you know, it's going down by the minute. Here. It is. It and is. And so, you know, can you talk to me, like, you know, they have been with you for a very long time. Those relationships that you have had have been there for a while. Right. You were recently North Carolina Central 40 under 40. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. I, I, I was. I ain't 40 no more. But... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yes, I was. Yeah. I was. So can you talk to me just like how mm-hmm. that relationship has shaped you? What are some things that you hope other people take away from if they decide to go to college, if they decide to go to an HBCU? Absolutely. You know, what are some things you hope that they can get from that? So one of the, I've been engaged in HBCU versus PWI um, conversations a, a couple of times before. And I said, listen. You know, I I know that my experience was rich. It was rich in relationships. It was rich in I think um, of an awareness that says you must show up. Mm. You don't have a choice. Like you must show up and show up well. And there were people who there were not only professors, but they were advocates for our education. They were investors in our future, I think there's a difference. You know, I can I can get my degree and I can get my ad, ad, advanced um, certifications and all of that, and be the professor and teacher and grade you and um, pass my class and you know, good luck with life. Mm-hmm. Nah, like a a, co- <laughs> a couple of my professors. I mean, they were just like, look, you must make it. You know, if. And, and and if you need help, you call me even after you've made this A, B, or C. If you ever need anything, that's what I mean by investment. Like, they were investors in, in our journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes in HBCUs, well, a, a lot from a resource perspective, you know, we're still lacking from a resource perspective, you know, it, it's getting better, but from generally, there, there's still a lack. But what... When you say resources, do you mean financial? Do you mean connections? Fi- financial. Financial. We're still... I mean, it, it, it's not like it was because I think that, you know, um, there's been different investments that's a lot more enterprising and, and the like. So that landscape has, has transitioned some. Okay. But... Overall, I think that um, what HBCUs and what North Carolina Central University in particular, it taught me confidence to say, do not allow for anyone to judge your accounting degree that you got from our business school, Mm -hmm. Um, lessen that or water that down, right, Um, versus someone that may have gotten there business degree from a PWI, they, they gave us and they instilled in us that, that confident grace to go out here and shake it up, you know, (laughs) by any means necessary. And then those relationships are lasting, Mm -hmm. very lasting. Um, there was an intentional, uh, and an, an intentional, no, Knowing of, hey, how are you doing? I, I see it. One of my professors called me up about a year and a half ago. He said, 
Bynum, you just hired one of our, you know, accounting students, Tiffany. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, it warms my heart to see that I taught you and you're hiring mm-hmm. one of our students or two of our students. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm not young anymore like I used to be. So, yes, absolutely. I got to have to come back to the nest mm-hmm. and, and, and reach back in. Yeah. So for people who don't know, North Carolina Central's um, mascot is the Eagles. So when she says a nest, she means like the Eagles nest. Absolutely. I had to learn. I had to learn too. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not from here. I had to learn. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You got it. <laughs> so, um, so I think lastly, I think we're going to talk about the thing that nobody wants to talk about, which is money. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> money, money, money. Um, so I. I don't know how to even say this or frame this question, but I'm going to try. So one thing that I noticed very early on when I started, you know, being full time mm-hmm. as a creative entrepreneur was that I was very much more aware of where every dime went, where it came from, where I spent it, mm-hmm. where I saved it, the, all that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely an awareness that a lot of people don't like, um, no. no. Um, you know, when you're working a job, you know, let's say you want to go get an apartment. They say, OK, you need three months, mm-hmm. you know, three X, whatever. You're like, OK, I'm probably going to spend more than a third of my income mm-hmm. on this. But whatever, you know, I know that I'm going to get paid as long as I show up, you know, yep. and um, bills are going to be paid. And that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Um, but, you know, and whatever I spend outside of that doesn't matter. I'll make it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, you're thinking like, am I going to make it back? <laughs> Um, you, know, like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it back if I spend right. that money, you know, right. or, you know, let's say I don't want to rent forever. And, you mm-hmm. know, what, what does this mean in terms of me getting a house or what does this mean in terms of investing in commercial Absolutely. property to rent for my business space or investing in bigger ticket items that I may need? Let's say you run a restaurant and you need certain kitchen equipment. That's not mm-hmm. cheap. You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to get a loan and prepare myself to be able to take care of that loan once I get the loan? <clears throat> Absolutely. And prepare my books if I'm not a numbers person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what are some of the things that you kind of, I would say you do consult for people who want to, you know, start small businesses and have started small businesses, nonprofits, that sort of thing in terms of really creating and developing a positive relationship with money because yeah. I think that that takes time. S D. <laughs> and well, and, and and I say that because one of the reasons why I think um it, it was very important for me to scale my business was to be able to have the time to really think about the challenges, right? That that money and people and that relationship, what it looks like, how it's framed, the infrastructure that it's that that's built around it. And so I know that money is not is a lot less about the dollars and the cents. And it's more so about the mentality and the moral compass and the belief systems it's it's deep mm-hmm. so so that's why I started off with no this is deep like it's 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 a lot less surface than that because 
whatever relationships that people have built, a lot of times they've seen something to influence it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I saw my parents do this or I saw my grandmother do this, or I was influenced by someone that did that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then whatever their personal makeup is, there are also emotions, you know, like people, so we talk about mental health a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, spending or the way that people have viewed what they choose to do whether they invest it, spend it, or or, or whatever. And I'm going somewhere with this, but 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 emotionally, people have a relationship that really tailors their decisions and 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 guides that. Mm-hmm. Now, when we start talking about practical principles, you have to also take into account of what you're up against, right? Mm-hmm. So. We can put 10 people in the room and we can say, okay, when you start your business, what you need to do is keep track of the cash coming in and the cash coming out and just put it in these three buckets, you know, and we can, we can name, you know, rent, utilities and camera, right? You, and, 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 and they can have the same amount of money. You know, we, everyone can get a thousand dollars a piece and they may spend it on the exact same things, but the sheets may look totally different Mm -hmm. depending on everyone's, uh, perception. Right. So all in all, when I'm talking with people about entrepreneurship and, going through and, and, and navigating the financial ups and downs, challenges and successes of it. I said, it's a case by case basis because of all of the things that I aforementioned, they hold very strong. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember when I first started my business, when I was doing it part-time on the side I remember I was doing $75 budgets for people. You couldn't tell me that I was not making a difference because we're going to sit here and we're going to do your $75 budget, Angela. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sit down. You're going to bring me your receipts and we're going to, you know, have this beautiful spreadsheet and stuff like that. And I mean, and, and, and we're talking and I'm pouring out and they're receiving it and everybody's excited. And I said, okay, I'm going to check back with you in like two months. And I remember over and over again, people within two months, they're like, I haven't followed anything. This ain't working, yeah. This isn't for me. This isn't. And so I remember I started getting discouraged because I wasn't here to waste anyone's money. And they didn't think that what I was offering was not valuable, but they were. And so what I ended up realizing, I'm like, you know what? You're not even ready to budget yet. Right. Because there was there were some other things that they really had to sift through, even just the decision of, is this what I want to do? Because in business, you do have to show a profit at some point if you think that you're going to get something. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to claim all the losses and I I, want to claim as many expenses as I can. You can, but you want to be in business to do well. Yeah. 
you want to be well mm-hmm. in business and you have to show a profit. Profit is a flex. Yeah. Paying taxes is also a responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. And if one doesn't want to do that, I would say reconsider the decision to get into business because it comes with it. So you have to be disciplined. You have to um, really reevaluate um, the the what your end goal is and then back into that, right? And, you know, if the end goal is to make a million dollars, it's fine, but you have to chop that thing up in, in, into pieces and handle, okay, what do I have control over, at least in the short term in this next year? Yeah. You know, and this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I can handle. Um, um, I'm, I'm willing to forego trips. I mean, I, I didn't travel for a number of years okay. because I chose to reinvest in, I wanted to scale my business. So I chose to reinvest yeah. in the scaling. I could have used that money to travel, but that was my choice. All right. That was a choice that, that I chose. So it, it's a very, business is very intimate. Yeah. And, and it's something that it's really on a case by case basis, but find out what your compass is and, and, and kind of back into that, but get an accountant early, a good relationship with one too. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Accountants are, y'all are, y'all are a special kind of people. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we're, we're, we're interesting. <laughs> Asian word for y'all a little strange, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll get her out after the she show. She is, she is. And I have like three coming. But that, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I definitely have been grateful that I've, you know, been able to work with accounts and stuff like that even before I went full time. So I yeah. had an understanding of like, this is how I need to set up my books. This is how I need to start thinking about expenses and investing and saving yeah. and that sort of thing. So I think that has definitely helped. Um, so since you said the budget wasn't really working, what do you feel like made you realize or what were some of the questions that you started to ask in order to qualify if people were even ready to evaluate their relationship with money? Well, it, it was allowing for them to talk more than me. Mm. Right. So questions that I started asking was, you know, tell me where you're from. How did you grow up? Mm-hmm. You know, what were some of the examples of um, finances that, that, that you saw. What do you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Yeah. Um, what exists in your life today? You know, so it's starting from the past, bringing it to the present to really understand the nature of the person. Right. Because then from there, that should be able to tailor where you start. Now, I don't... Um, now, you know, my, my team, they, I, I don't work one-on-one with clients. I'm just really in business operations now. But one of the things that I, I teach them is you start with the person first. Mm-hmm. They will tell you a lot of what you need to know. And then from there, you meet them where they're at, you know? So if it's like, listen, I have trouble spending money. What may, I mean, or I have trouble keeping money. Okay. Well, well, what makes you think, you know, do you feel like you don't make enough or you feel like you make enough, but you want, you like clothes and stuff. All right. Well, are you feeding something? 
that's a little, you know, you like it and you have to have it and you have these impulses and these urges, mm -hmm. you know, it's something behind that. So you, you got to get with it you yeah. know, a, a little bit. And then once you do that, I think number one, that trust is then built yeah. with them for you. And then they, if they sense that you actually care about them as a person, then you can really feed into them the not just the advice and the counsel um, that they need, but listen, this is how you turn the head into the direction in which you're wanting to go. And this is what it takes, but you'll learn how to communicate with them in a way in which fits them mm -hmm. and where they can receive it. Right. Once you learn that, then it's, it's, it's a good relationship and they will, um, they will allow the partnership and I say partnership is is really that, yeah. you know, I can give you advice and counsel all day. Um, it's your choice to take it. Yeah. Um, or you can add something. You know what? I listened to what you said and I was thinking such and such, you know, and that adds dialogue and yeah. and then even for the service provider, um, yeah. you know, you know, which road to take. Yeah. Um, and this is the last question that I have for you, but I do just want to ask, like, when it comes to one, evaluating our relationship with one, one, it is recognizing that it is a relationship mm -hmm. um, and understanding that that relationship is influenced by our previous um, exposure to other people's relationship with money. Um, and also realizing that as a CPA or just as people who may be thinking about going into business now, you're not going to change overnight. You know, it may be ideal for everybody that walks into Faith Bottom CPA PC to be like, oh, yeah, I made seven million dollars, you know, seven million this year. You know, I kept my expenses low. Uh -uh. I paid people equitably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is that would be the ideal. Right. That is not the uh, <laughs> reality no, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think the learning how to spend wisely and learning and assessing what is an investment. I think that's different for different people. I think, mm -hmm. you know, people start, maybe they like, yeah, I'm gonna be the next Elon Musk. I'm gonna start a tech startup. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make 10K in, in 10 days and that's just how this is gonna go. Mm -hmm. And when that doesn't happen, people get discouraged. So they just start like throwing money at the problem because they feel like that's how you fix it. Um, when that's not how you fix it. That is not how you fix it. That is not how you fix it. And so like what I, I just think it's interesting that you said, you know, you have to meet people where they are. And mm -hmm. I think that's true across all relationships. Like you can want the best for someone all yeah. you want, unless they are ready to want it for themselves. Absolutely. And to make that change. There's, Absolutely. There's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? So have you had an experience where you've had to kind of fire clients or just <laughs> say like, hey, you're not really ready to, to do what's needed. You know what I mean? Um, yes. You know, pro progress happening. Yes. Um, that is probably one of the most difficult things in entrepreneurship that we've had to do. I feel like people on the internet make it seem very easy, but, you know, mm -mm. yeah, nah. but that's always, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's always right. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's hard. It's hard for um, a lot of reasons. Number one, you don't, if, if everyone has clean intentions, mm -hmm. if the engagement has started off well, um, now there have been a lot of lessons that's been learned along the way, right? Because 
I remember in the earlier years where, you know, at the onset, this is not a good fit. <laughs> this is not a good fit. Yeah. Right. But then you have a business that you also kind of need the revenue. You need the money. I fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know I have to pay my business rent and I have all these things that I have to do. So you deal with it. Yeah. You deal with it and you take it and you take it. <clears throat> and, but I, I remember the first client that we fired or we just had to, I, I hate using the word fired, but you know, we just had to terminate the engagement and it was, it was hard because I liked them. Mm. We liked them, but we were no longer able to provide value um, because of they're not returning our calls and, you know, they're, they're late with everything and, and also. Yeah. Now, um, however, on the flip side, clients have had to fire us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm real about this thing. You know, they have had to fire us either if we drop the ball, especially in the earlier years, because you have to develop your policies, your processes. Right. They have to be straight. You have to be very clear. You have to have your documentation in place. Mm-hmm. You have to have your expectations expressed. It's, you know, I, I can go on and on and on and talk all day about it. However, um, and I remember one time when we were fired mm-hmm. and... The client told me, she said, Faith, I like you. I adore you, but the business needs work. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Now, I understood it. I understood it because when it came time for us to have to terminate that client, we liked him. Yeah. He was amazing. But the relationship that or the, the the expectations and the requirements were not being met. Right. So it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. And you have to make those decisions and not be afraid to make those decisions because you don't want to spin your wheels in an area or with a client that's taken away valuable time that you could be investing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily with with another client. I I believe that the ability of thought is one of the most valuable commodities that we could ever have. Because if you understand how to think, if you can think, then you'll avoid throwing money at problems that you're, that, that is a waste. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to, to really strategize. And so um, I remember the few cli- the clients that we had had to terminate the engagements or the relationships immediately some another opportunity would come, even if it was not necessarily in the form of another client replacing that revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, again, another opportunity that will position us for double or triple down the road. Right. Um, and so we see it coming down the pipeline, so we'll prepare for it. Um, so when, when you start learning that, hey, sometimes this is how it works, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you got to make the decision. Yeah. You know, we would probably do a whole other episode about emotional detachment from our work as people, but we're not going to go there today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining me. Can you tell people how to find yes. you on social media? Absolutely. So Faith Bynum CPAPC on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and I am Faith Patterson on Facebook personally um, and on Instagram as well. So yeah, feel free to hook me up and press that follow and then share share it with everyone that you know. So <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.